This episode of the Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. If you're looking for a good curriculum, check it out at lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 39. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Arlington, Wisconsin to talk to Pastor Christopher Amon of St. Peter's Lutheran Church. Pastor Amon, welcome to the show. Glad to join with you. Thank you. All right. So we are in Arlington, Wisconsin. Help orient our listeners geographically. Where exactly are we in Wisconsin? Uh, South central part of the state. Uh, Most people would know Madison is the capital uh, and pretty easy to find on a map if you don't uh, know. And uh, Madison, we're about 15 miles north of Madison. All right. Good deal. Give us your background. How did you come to Arlington? Yeah, sure. So my first call out of seminary was actually in Carson City, Nevada. Um, and so we were blessed to serve there five years. And, uh, and then uh, in 2015, I had received a call and uh, came out to visit and accepted uh, this call. Um, I had gone to college in Wisconsin and, and done my vicarage in this district uh, and lived here before as well. So this was more of a homecoming for, for my wife and family um, as well uh, in 2015. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about uh, how you'd compare where you are right now in Arlington with some of the other places that you've been before. Arlington is a pretty rural town. I always say a bustling community of almost 900 now. and uh, Metropolis, um, practically. Met- metropolis, exactly. Uh, but we have, you know, um, we have a far reach in terms of our membership and, and involvement. Um, lots of smaller towns and communities uh, which were involved. Uh, if people who are familiar with Wisconsin, you know, um, a town and village of 3,000 is doing pretty good uh, in certain parts of the states, including ours. And so we have several of which we're connected. And then uh, even loose connections, some with Madison, uh, with quite easily accessible. And so um, certainly a lot different geography uh, in terms of things are always measured in time, not generally in miles, uh, and how long it takes you to get there. Um, and so, uh, and usually uh, going through cornfields and, and things as well to get to different places. All right, that makes sense. So tell us a little bit more about what you, you mentioned that this was a homecoming for you and a very pleasant one at that. What are some of the best things about the Arlington area? Uh, I think the best thing is our community. One of the great things with uh, with our community and size of the town is um, everyone knows everyone. Uh, of course, that can also present its own challenges at different times as well. Um but the community is uh, a, a very well connected uh, together and, and uh, everyone working together. And, um, 
I think that's probably one of the biggest things with, with that community feel um, and family-oriented. I see. So it's really, would you say it's really kind of that stereotypical small town of where people really know you well and know your business in a good way and in a bad way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Life in the Fishbowl is for every pastor at every church. And uh, when you're in Arlington, uh, you're probably everyone's life is in the fishbowl, not just the pastor and his family, but everyone is uh, as such as well. But with that, too, we have a lot of those um, old time connections in terms of our community and our neighborhoods where where we do genuinely know our neighbors and uh, and look after and are able to communicate and serve and share with one another uh, at different times as well. So excellent. So let's talk about the flip side. What's it, what are the challenging things about being in Arlington? Probably the biggest challenge is just population density. Um, in terms of, of, you know, you can only reach so many people, um, and people aren't around. Um, so there is that idealistic and, uh, I'll say it for myself as well as at times for our congregation of, well, we want to grow at a certain rate or, or in certain ways. And we want to do outreach as every congregation does. We want to get the gospel out and we want to reach more people. But when there's less people who live in the community or, and, and people are further spread apart, um, you know, as you get outside the village and outside the community, you get to those stereotypical, well-known farm communities where, yeah, your neighbor's a mile away, and that's your closest neighbor. Um, and so putting on, uh, doing outreach um, and having, if we get focused on numbers, it can be at times difficult with that. I would say then as well, um, the other flip side of that is we are quite spread apart. It's not uncommon for people to be uh, anywhere. You know, some are very close, but some 30 or even 45 minutes away. Um, and so church events and uh, midweek activities um, can also become a challenge um, with, with the distance and travel. That makes sense. Now let's talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. In many people's minds, the Midwest is a place where if you throw a stone, you'll probably hit a Lutheran. Is that the case there? And what is it like to be Lutheran? Yeah, I would say absolutely that's probably the case here. Um, and so um, we're a good old community, uh, Midwest community. And, and uh, in a lot of ways, you know, I know it's not true of all Wisconsin towns or, or Midwest towns, but um, certainly is for Arlington. Um, we have three churches, um, one just outside the village. We are inside the village, um, three churches total, two of which are Lutheran, uh, and the other is Methodist. And so um, um, the Wisconsin Synod Church and then ours is the Missouri Synod Church. Um, and along the countryside and around um, is 
um, a variety of, of those other synods as well, uh, Wisconsin, ELCA, Missouri Synod, um, probably more than a stone's throw for at least the congregations, but uh, you'll, you'll hit a Lutheran. Um, and so that is, that probably, or that is very true. And then I'd say probably though, what's probably becoming more and more true sadly and unfortunately is um not just here but else throughout the country is that you'll probably hit someone who claims to be lutheran or used to be lutheran or has a family history uh as well i see say more about that how does that play out for both you and for your parishioners is it a challenge to be in a place where what a Lutheran is might just be assumed, or does that actually make your ministry easier? I think at times that certainly comes with things that are easier. Um, everyone knows I'm the pastor at the Lutheran church. Um, and so even if they're not my members, um, quite often I'm just pastor. Um, whereas when I've been in a, a little bigger of a city, um, if I know people uh, in a different context, well, then um, I'm Christopher. And if I know them from church, then I'm Pastor Amen. Well, here, uh, even the grocery store owners and workers, you know, and don't necessarily go to our church. Hi, Pastor. <laughs> and even if I'm just shopping and with my kids and such as well. And so um, in some ways, that's a blessing because they also then know um and approach me and ask me things, even if they're not members, because they know I'm the pastor. Um, um, and so that ability for people, that trust and confidence to come to me um, in different situations, uh, everyone knows, is, is a great outreach opportunity and, and a time for people to share spiritual concerns, ask for prayer and, and updates as well. Uh, one story I'd like to share. So I, in a very stereotypical way, uh, I will say I'm proud. Our county is uh, home of the most curling clubs of any county in the United States. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, including Arlington, we have our own curling club and, and our leagues are full. We have uh, Monday to Friday leagues. And so I'm, I'm at the curling club, uh, and I, I participate uh, in the league there. And, and even there, um, very few uh, don't know or hadn't known before that I was pastor. But a lot of, a lot of conversations happen on the ice uh, in the winter. And, and, of course, it helps that curling comes with the holiday season. And so everyone... Uh, I think even just seeing me is that sometimes that reminder of, oh, that's right, around the holidays, this is about church stuff. We need to get to church and hear about <laughs> Christmas and, and those things. And, and so even just that presence can, can help encourage people. But at the same time, uh, the challenge can be those that have, well, my grandpa, my dad were really, my mom were really involved and did all of these things and and kind of view it as um, kind of a right. Um, 
as, or uh, something that that church membership or even heaven itself is just assumed regardless of faith, um, just by mere heritage. Because, um, well, of course, I'm a member of the church. Maybe I haven't been in three or four years, but I'm still a member and and I'm still involved. And um, and so that's probably the biggest challenge is those generational things, um, because I do think in our context, we probably see more of that old generation after generation down the line versus um in a different city that might have more ebb and flow and different family dynamics. Um, so that's probably the biggest challenge, though, then as well is an assumption that they belong to a church or that they believe, but maybe they don't even know or say what they believe or aren't actively involved in the congregation. That makes sense. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. At this time, a lot of parents and grandparents are considering keeping their children at home when the government schools open back up in the fall, and I would encourage you to do the same. If you're looking for a curriculum, I would recommend checking out the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. This will teach your children well how to live in the left-hand kingdom with classes in business, natural sciences, as well as college prep, in addition to all the usual subjects that you would expect from any curriculum, such as mathematics and history. Best thing about this curriculum is that it is self-directed after the third grade, so you don't have to pull your hair out trying to stay a step ahead of your children in the curriculum. If you're interested, I'd recommend checking it out at lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. That's lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. Let's get back to our guest. Okay, so now let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what it's like to raise a family there in Arlington. A lot of people hear about rural areas and they think, oh, this is the perfect place to raise a family. What is it like? I would say it is pretty close to a perfect place to raise a family uh, from, for myself and for my wife. Uh, it does help that both of us um, came from backgrounds not used to bigger huge cities, um, nor is that something where we were terribly comfortable with um, or have desired. Um, we appreciate some of the conveniences uh, that that can come with them and having around. So Madison being, uh, you know, the north side of Madison, only 15 miles away and, and the heart of Madison, only 30 minutes away, um, is quite helpful. And, and quite nice, but uh, being being out has been in in a more rural area um, is nice. We can still allow our children to play outside, you know, in the summertime and quite freely. Um, um, our our children have neighbors uh, that they know and they know well. We know that we have neighbors who are aware of our children. And thus, if they're out and about and, and in groups of kids, that they are able to do so. And we can do so confidently knowing that other community uh, members also help watch the kids um, in a close proximity. I mean, we're talking within 
a block or two, uh, you know. But but there's a park at the end of the road, or or you know, just that they're at someone's house nearby. You can still just look down the road and see up oh, there's the group of bicycles. That's where everyone is. Um, activity wise, it's nice. Um, the kids have close group of friends in different activities, uh, whether that be sports um, or, or our girls are involved in dancing, ballet, kinds of things. But but that they are able to know everyone. Um, and again, as we said before, maybe good, maybe bad, but you kind of know everyone's history and background um, and such as well. And in some ways, uh, that's helpful uh, and, and stuff as well. Uh, one example I'll say is, um, you know, sports or, or when it comes to ballet dance recitals um, that our kids are involved in. Um, one, one nice thing I've seen here is if our kids are involved in it, everyone knows that Sunday, at least Sunday morning, is not an option um, or else our kids won't be there. And versus just say, well, they'll miss out because it is usually smaller groups or smaller teams and there's less flexibility, things don't get scheduled um, because they're dependent on every individual being present. And so we've been in areas before where sports or extracurricular activities kind of take a second hand to church schedule and just well just miss it and one week won't hurt you um our fam our families and our community know well our kids um won't be there and you know if you got a basketball team of seven and one or two um aren't going to be there because they're the pastor's kids but if you schedule the game at noon or one o'clock they will be there um, and then we've then been told by others how appreciative they are because they want to go to church, but um, their family dynamic doesn't quite result in the same kind of thing. And so there's where everyone knowing who you are. And so, but overall, raising a family here has been uh, wonderful. We've been very fortunate. Uh, Thankful to our congregation uh, for their wonderful support. Uh, and uh, we have a beautiful home setting here with the parsonage, um, and as well as access with our preschool and, and things as well, and then the other things that our community offers. I'm there very things... glad to hear that. Tell us a little yeah. bit more about what the schooling options are. You mentioned your church's preschool what are the other educational options for families? Yeah, so um, our school district uh, is actually a community three and a half, four miles north of us uh, called Poinette. And um, it's actually been growing in that community. And they just built a new elementary school. Um, we have a good working relationship with them as we serve. Our preschool serves as one of their um, 
sites for with a 4K program that they offer. Um, they just do that through the centers in town. Um, they don't actually offer the 4K as a school district, but they just will will connect and enroll you. Um, and then that helps us out as well uh, in some ways. Um, so just the public school in terms of actual in town, we do have access uh, to some Catholic schools and Lutheran schools, though they are about 40 minutes away um, and such as well. Um, and then um, we've actually tried to make use of each of those um, in our time here. Um, we did drive to another congregation north of us uh, for two years to try to keep our kids involved in a Lutheran school. Um, but the, the commute and distance became kind of too much, though they were gracious and, and were trying to work with us. Um, and then my wife and I, not growing up in public schools, both of us had Lutheran education, and we were fortunate for that. We did try the public school system, and uh, it was not bad, uh, per se, but not what we wanted for our kids uh, entirely. Um, um, we do speak highly of our public school in terms of, in comparison to other schools. Um, but, and then, so my wife actually now homeschools wonderful. Um, our kids, which is wonderful. And there are, there are actually a couple of different homeschool groups um, um, that are that are available to us uh, for different activities and events um, or once a week get-togethers and reading and such. Um, and so there's there's actually several of those that's been... Uh, homeschooling is a... There's a strong community um, based around different philosophies or curriculums, some Christian-based groups uh, and some curriculum-based groups um, and so we're able to actually make use of a couple of different types of homeschool groups and such as well um, uh, in the different communities as well as towards Madison. So That makes sense. Now let's talk about what it's like in terms of your thoughts or advice for those that are thinking about moving to a more rural area. At this time in the U.S., people are dealing with coronavirus and also civil unrest, and a lot of people are thinking, I want to get to a more rural area. What would your thoughts and advice, both in a general way and also for those that are specifically looking to move maybe to your area? Yeah, I would first say, um, as I would with almost anything, pray about why. Uh, you're wanting to do so. Um, I would also then always want to remind people that sinful and worldly things follow uh, both in cities as well as rural areas. And so if the thought is that you're going to get away from these problems, simply not true. Um, you know, um, is the crime less pronounced probably yeah um but there is still crime um and you know crimes actually tend to be at a similar rate per population 
per density uh, as you go through. And so uh, you know, one of the things I'm also privileged to do is serve as a police chaplain for, for our police department and right along. And so I get to both as pastor and then with the police department, I see, you know, kind of some of the worst of, of what is still around. Um, you know, so things like drugs, things like uh, violent crime, unfortunately, still are quite prevalent um, and, and, and perhaps even at times, not so much the violence, but other crimes, um, particularly things like substance or abuse things, um, unfortunately, get hidden even a little easier. Um, yes, because I commend our police force. They do a great job in our community, but there's six of them full time to serve uh, two communities, Poinette and Arlington. And so they do they do what they can and they serve wonderfully and community, they're involved in the community, but problems still exist. Uh, problems won't go away. Uh, more recently with uh, COVID-19, coronavirus issues, um, you know, at times having more space has been helpful, but also um, um, much like everyone's found in the last six months, especially your home and um, things and probably your neighbors and community will become more pronounced both in their good qualities as well as their flaws. And so those things don't really change. Um, they're just present themselves in a different, problems present themselves in a different fashion. And so I would just first encourage someone um, to think about not just the recent pandemic events or police issues, politics, but but to realize that these things exist um, in, in all communities. Um, and it's harder to hide, actually, in the midst of things. And so it's, I would just, I always say, ultimately, discourage running away from problems but more to encourage, if you want to go towards a lifestyle of uh, in a more rural area, you know, go to something, not away from something. That makes sense. You've started to touch on it. Let's talk a little bit more about the response to coronavirus. I know across the lake, your neighbors to the East Michigan is known for its rather draconian response. What's it been like in Wisconsin? Um, Wisconsin is such a mixed bag, and uh, I think most people know, uh, especially in the election year, Wisconsin is a state that gets a lot of attention. Um, we were kind of a surprise for some in 2016 in elections, and a consequential one um, in terms of the outcome. Um, and we already, you know, politicians and things and stuff know as well that that Wisconsin this year is going to be 
um, it's a swing state with with a good number of electorates, and so um, it's going to be. We've already had both candidates visit, so um, <laughs> and I believe they'll be coming back. <laughs> um, we've recently had a pretty big change in Wisconsin, which has been highlighted through the pandemic. Um, our previous governor was from the Tea Party, um, and and very much um, more of that libertarian. Republican type, and then um, now for about a, only a year and a half, as the pandemic started, did we we've had um, a Democratic governor, um, and so it's very well split between the cities of Milwaukee and the cities of Madison, and a little bit of Green Bay and the rest of the state in terms of responses. Um, and so we've had, there was challenges um, as, as Illinois and as Michigan released mandates or um, restrictions, so too, we said, well, so too will our current governor. Um, and he did. Um, we actually, though, our governor was sued by our own legislator in May and um, our state Supreme Court actually ruled against the mandates and lockdowns that he had in place on the basis that he, by statutes and law, could only do so for 30 days uh, without legislative action. And so um, there's been a lot of contention in Wisconsin then because of that. Um, Technically, there is a mask mandate for all indoor places that are public. Um, I'll just say if you're not in a place that is um, in Madison or Milwaukee or another bigger city, um, signs are generally there and encouraged. But in terms of actual practice, um, it as people are able to distance more, they opt not to wear masks as much. I see. Um, if they're in a place, as they're in a place that's more, you know, more densely populated or more more people around, then then you probably see more. So there's a lot of mixed bag and of feeling and emotion, um, but and it's hard not to not to tie those things into politics. Um, as we've gone through as well. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably deepened the divide um, on, on terms of political party affiliation or, or ways people lean. Um, just another issue of which to dig your heels on both ways. Yeah. All right. So now let's turn to something more pleasant. Let's say you have a friend yes. coming into town. <laughs> Tell us about the hidden gems that you, or not so hidden gems that you'd recommend. Uh, restaurants, activities. What would you say to somebody who's coming uh, into Arlington or into the surrounding area? What What would you say? Ah, oh, you got to go check this out. Yeah. So um, in Poinette, we have a, 
uh, a good old-fashioned supper club uh, that's been featured on things like Food Network and Travel Channel um, uh, called The Owl's Nest. And, and so, uh, and of course, supper clubs, for those who maybe aren't quite so familiar, especially in Wisconsin, a uh, couple of key things are needed to be a supper club. One, you need a good bar in the welcome area. Uh, in, in terms of, and then, and then a separate seating area. Then you need a good Friday fish fry. Uh, if you don't have Friday fish fry, you can't call yourself a supper club. Uh, and you may not even just be able to have much of any restaurant unless you're like a chain place. Uh, and even some of them uh, in the area as well, they can, will put some kind of fish on for Friday and and then two, you need a good uh, prime rib uh, on Saturday, and such as well. And so, the Owl's Nest serves as as that kind of place uh, in terms of a restaurant. There's another nice, real, real one, uh, real nice one called Fitz's on the Lake. Uh, Lake Wisconsin is about ten to twelve miles away, and there's a wonderful little restaurant called Fitz's. And it, of course, sits on Lake Wisconsin um, and wonderful food uh, and great service. And and those are just good places uh, the community tends to, to draw to. Uh, I, I would say, too, if someone uh, visits in the winter or is moving in over winter, not to get scared of winter, uh, but also you got to check out curling. Uh and I know it doesn't look like much, if you, but you know those stones are forty-five pounds, and and uh, and it's it's quite an activity. And check out a curling club. And uh, if you're in Arlington, on between we actually are going to resume our season in October, and so between the end of October and and March, if you're in a town or like around here, uh, if, if you're here on a Thursday night, let me know, and and uh, you can come watch me fool around on the ice and such as well. But, uh, but just that camaraderie, uh, in that community in the area then too, lots of natural resources and places for people to go. Uh, one of the best ones is, um, a place my wife and I first learned when I was a vicar in the Milwaukee area, just North of Milwaukee. And, uh, um, we went camping there. We were newlyweds that year. Um, at the time had no children. Um, now we still take our five kids there, a uh, place called Devil's Lake. Um, but beautiful beaches to the north and south of the lake, place to go swimming. It's a beautiful state park area. Um, uh, they got about 26, 27 miles of hiking trails, up some bluffs, um, you know, and we lived out west, so we kind of know better than to call them mountains and to get too high or too keen on elevation changes, but, but it's about 1,200-foot elevation change um, that, that can be there, which for here is significant. Um, <laughs> um in other places of the country, I know not so much, and so lots of lots of beautiful lakes. Though uh, Wisconsin does like to remind Minnesota, while they're the ten 
land of 10,000 lakes. Uh, we are the land of actually 13,000 lakes. Uh, and so uh, Wisconsin has more lakes and lots of hiking trails in those areas. Wonderful. Now, as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners wherever you'd like, to your website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Uh, yeah, so our website is easystpetersarlington.org. Um, we try to keep that updated. Oh, of course, people probably know how church websites can all sometimes be. Um, probably more accurately and better because I tend to run it more um, is our social media because I can do it on my phone and other things. Um, our Facebook, St. Peter's Lutheran in Arlington. Um, we share lots both for our church as well as our daycare. Um, we do have an Instagram page, uh, and Twitter as well. So of course, all of those are mostly connected, um, with the pandemic then, um, um, we started with Facebook live and now we've been able to expand um, Facebook and YouTube. Um, first, like to caveat, people should go in person as they're able to their own closer home churches. Um, um, I don't want to encourage online churches any substitution, but um, we have off, continue to offer that and will continue to offer both on our Facebook and our YouTube page. Um, for our own members who are uncomfortable yet in person or out of town, and also for those that may be looking for additional service. And so our services uh, up through the prayers of the church are available um, there weekly as well. Great. We'll link to all those resources on the show notes page. That's lutherancartographer.com slash 39 if you'd like to check out all those great things that Pastor Amen just told us about. Pastor Amen, thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Uh, first, just thank you for for hosting and, and taking on this kind of a project. Uh, I think it's wonderful having been able to live in different parts of the country myself and how each area takes on its own unique character. Uh, and, and just to remind everyone uh, in these times how we are still united in Christ uh, across, across our country and across the world. Amen. Thank you again. God's peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, including links to all those cool places that Pastor Eamon told us about, go to the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 39. I want to encourage you to check out that homeschool curriculum. If you are trying out a different curriculum and it's just not working out for you, go ahead and check that out. It's at lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. I want to also encourage you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on Stitcher. That way you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave a rating or a review. That way more people will find this podcast. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.